Hi friends, I'm Molly, your host from Relief from Darkness, and I am here today with our very own brain geek, Dr. Lori. Hey guys. And our very good teammate and friend, Allie. Hello. And we are recording a 10-session podcast that focuses on the biblical recovery from substance abuse and addiction. So each session focuses on the CPR of recovery principles, along with biblically-based steps to walk into identity and freedom found in Christ. So these steps have been influenced by the 12-step program of AA, but take us a little bit deeper into the biblical foundation of the recovery process. So Dr. Lori, can you go ahead and give us a short, short reminder about what is CPR? (laughs) Did you guys hear that? She said short, short. I sure did. Okay. So C is connection, connection with God, self, and others. P is psychoeducation. We need to have a brain basics. We need to have an understanding of the amygdala, which Molly refers to as the Amalama Ding Dong. And we need to understand about the reticular activating system. And then finally, in R, it's our routine. We need to be able to do self-care. We need to be able to reframe the hard things that happen in our life. And we need to be involved in something bigger than our self-absorbed self. Yeah. Wow, that was, that was short, fast. short. Yeah. You you, well, if you would have just said short, it would have been twice that long. But you said short, short. Yeah, so you really took it seriously. Yes. Okay. So let's do a little bit of a recap, you guys. We started with session number one, which was titled... Here I am, now what? Where you've just existing and it's just might be feeling kind of yucky, but there you are, now what? Which led us straight into number two, which was titled, I can't, but God can't. You were there, you realized you couldn't. God said, ooh, but I know that I can. And then number three was titled, Burn the Ships. This is no more excuses. This is, there's no going back. I've committed, I'm gonna go ahead and do the thing, which leads us to number four of, I've got spinach in my teeth. I'm doing the thing and I realize, oh my gosh, I've got sin and trauma and thought processes and behaviors that aren't lining up with scripture. So what do you do with that? Well, you own it, which led us straight into number five. You own it, own it, own it. And that's where you confess the spinach that you have to God and to people around you, safe people, which are people who are thrusting you towards Christ. And then number six, what do you do now that you've confessed it? You just do it. It was titled the Nike anointing. You take care of it. You see it. You do something with it, which led us straight into number seven, which is coach's favorite thing. Can you tell us what the title is? Absolutely. It takes you to make a thing go right. I've been practicing. (laughs) Yeah, you get higher and higher every time. Mm -hmm. That was good. Like a whole different octave Mm -hmm. every, Mm -hmm. every session. So... That's where you have to make amends, where you are, you've owned it, and now you're going to go make amends, and you're going to forgive, and you're going to be forgiven, which takes us to number eight, which is entitled, Poop on Your Shoe. So this is kind of like when you implement it all into the routine. Everything up until this point, you'd kind of been acknowledging, and number eight solidifies the routine in your life of taking out the poop off of your shoe. So that leads us to number eight. Nine, which is titled Simon Says. Allie, what is Simon Says? Simon Says is prayer and meditation and seeking the knowledge and power to carry out the will of God. So AA defines step 11 as we sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God praying only for the knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 
So I just want to dig straight into number one, prayer and meditation. There are a few breakdowns of this step that we'll get into, but what is it? What is prayer? What is meditation? Molly, do you have a thought? Yeah, I have a lot of thoughts. So prayer and meditations, whenever you like, as Dr. Lori would encourage us to do, like activate our imagination in the middle part of our brain to dwell on a scripture, right? Mm-hmm. That was off. That was mm-hmm. memory. That was I listened to you. Wow. Oh. Good yeah. job. Uh, yes. Prayer specifically is communication and submission to God. Oh, yeah. I went it is interaction and communion with him. Mm-hmm. And then meditation. Meditation is what you were just saying. It is a single intentional focus of the mind. It is reflection. It is to ponder on. And it's mindfulness, not mindlessness, where I think there are some pretty popular misconceptions about meditation. Mm -hmm. And we're not going to empty our mind. We're not. That's going to leave us vulnerable um, for anything to come in and fill our minds. And the word is very clear how we are to guard our minds. We are to fill it with the word of God. And this is how we're going to be able to battle because we all have to battle in this life. So prayer and meditation. So that is communicating with God, fellowshipping with him, um, just spending time with him and meditating on his word. It's through that that the next part of um, this step will come into play. But I, I want to read just a couple of scriptures regarding prayer and meditation. And the first is one of my favorites, and that is Psalm 1. And Psalm 1 says, this is the New Living Translation, Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked, or stand around with sinners, or join in with mockers, but they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the river bank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. And I don't know about you, but when I read about that tree, I I envision one that's by this river that's flowing life into it, but it's the environment that is bringing that tree to bear the fruit. And so if we take it out and we put it around, um, well, the description of the wicked, of those who are not pursuing Christ, who are not um, going to push you towards what the Lord has called you to, then that tree's going to wither. Mm-hmm. And so the next would be uh, Psalm 119, 9 through 16. How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. With my whole heart, I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I've stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. With my lips, I declare all of the rules of your mouth. In the way of your testimonies, I delight as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes on your ways. I will delight in your statutes and I will not forget your word. So the next part of this would be the praying only for the knowledge of his will for us. So scripture is so clear that if we simply search it, And God is so faithful that it's revealed to us. We don't have to guess or be in fear of missing for it, it being the will of God. What is that? We ask for it, we search for it, and we will find it. And so what is God's will? What is God's will for us? Molly, do you have a thought? 
to walk in relationship with him, to be reconciled to our father. Mm. I mean, that to, to walk it out every day, knowing that we are restored back to him and in communion and in relationship and to know him and to be known by him and to know one another through him. That's really good. I almost think you just summed up some of this, oh. but uh, <laughs> no, great job. So first Thessalonians five sixteen through 22, uh, to me, this is just so clear cut. And it says, always be full of joy. Never stop praying. Whatever happens, always be thankful. This is how God wants you to live in Christ Jesus. Don't stop the work of the Holy Spirit. Don't treat prophecy like it's something that's not important, but test everything. Keep what is good and stay away from everything that is evil. Stay thankful. Mm -hmm. Stay in prayer with the Lord. Test the things that are coming at you. Don't despise the things that the Lord has said in his word. Don't despise his prophecies. Bring everything back to that and stay away from evil. You know good at this point. You know what good is, so do mm -hmm. good. Um, and then also Jesus. Um, I love this. Jesus, what does he say uh, that his will for us is? In John 15, 4 through 8, Jesus says, Stay joined to me, and I will stay joined to you. No branch can produce fruit alone. It must stay connected to the vine. It is the same with you. You cannot produce fruit alone. You must stay joined to me. I am the vine and you are the branches. If you stay joined to me and I to you, you will produce plenty of fruit. But separated from me, you won't be able to do anything. If you don't stay joined to me, you will be like a branch that has been thrown out and has dried up. All the dead branches like that are gathered up, thrown into the fire and burned. Stay joined together with me and follow my teachings. If you do this, you can ask for anything you want, and it will be given to you. Show that you are my followers by producing much fruit. Much fruit. This will bring honor to my Father. What does Jesus say that the will, that his will for us is? It's to stay in him. Mm -hmm. And as we stay in him, we're going to produce the fruit. But if we leave, death, death comes with that. And so in Jesus, there's life. Without him, it's death. Mm-hmm. And so finally, um, just on recognizing what the word says, uh, the will of God is. Lori will love this. Philippians 4, 4 through 9 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. Think about what you're thinking about and think about what the word tells you to think about and not living in anxiety, but taking all of the cares of the world and everything that comes our way and submitting them to the Lord. That is his will for us. And then we have a promise that when we do that, the peace of God that surpasses all understanding that we cannot even begin to explain will guard our hearts and our minds mm -hmm. in Christ Jesus. And so 
The third part of that step would be praying for the power to carry it out. Jesus left the example of how to carry out the will of God throughout his ministry on earth. We have example after example of him praying and meditating on the word, on him praying, remaining in fellowship with the Lord and walking out what he knew was the will of God. I always go back to his standoff with Satan in the wilderness. And so I'm just going to read this passage. Um, Matthew 4, 1 through 11 says, Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down. For it is is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, Again it is written, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, All these I will give you if you fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, Be gone, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and were ministering to him. Hmm. He was fasting. He was hungry, and I would imagine, fleshly, he was probably really tired. All of the things that we find make us weak and vulnerable, Mm -hmm. okay? And so we see Satan using his battle tactics, which, again, God is faithful, and he lays out for us in the Scripture. It is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. That is how he gets us every single time. And he used all three of those in that passage that he tempted him. He knew he was hungry. The pride of the eyes, he showed him everything that he could quote unquote have, even though seriously, it's already, it already belongs to Jesus. Everything is under his authority in the first place. And then throwing himself off, that's the pride of life, like knowing that the angels will come and get you. And so Satan's tactics don't change. But what I love is Jesus battled using the word. Mm -hmm. Something to take note of, though, is that Satan also knew the word. And so when the Lord is clear, as we've read, we are to meditate on that. We are to know it. We are to soak it up. Why? Because it is the sword. Ephesians 6 tells us the only weapon that is listed in the armor is the word of God. That is what we have. That is our rock. That is our solid foundation. And so how do we have the power to carry out the will of God? It is through the word. It is through walking in the spirit. Mm-hmm crucifying the flesh. It is by applying everything that we have been learning. It was in Jesus. It was in him. And he was strengthened to carry out the will of the father through it, through the word, through the meditation, through the prayer, through the remaining in uh, that fellowship with the Lord, with the father. So good. Could it really just be a little bit that simple, though, of just being with him 
And then whenever you have Jesus in the wilderness, like with all the circumstances, like we get the perfect, literally the perfect example that it is possible to do this regardless of our circumstances, Mm -hmm. that as we abide in him, we're fully equipped regardless of what's happening on the outside to overcome any temptation that Satan would try to throw at us so that we can go and then do what we're exactly what we're called to do and be exactly who we're called to be. Dr. Lori, what is the CPR of Simon Says? This is so good. I want to hang out at the title just for a second. And so we shouldn't be surprised if we're really going to play Simon Says And if it's Simon says, stand up, and we all stand up, and Simon says, sit down, and we all sit down, and then it's stand up, and we all stand up, then it's a foul, and we're out of the game. And so either we're going to do what he said or didn't do. And so Jesus says, and so he's not a killjoy. He's not saying all of this for any secondary benefit, but he knows what's good for us and what's not. And so I want to take the meditation and I want to focus on that just for a second. And I want to hit it from a connection with God and a psychoeducation standpoint that we have three areas of our brain. The bottom part of our brain is for survival. The middle part of our brain is for our imagination and emotions. And the top part of our brain is for our intellect. And so Allie talked about Satan knows the word. And so just for us to know the scripture is is not enough. We actually have to connect our head knowledge with our heart knowledge. And actually our heart just pumps blood, but our heart knowledge is a middle part of our brain, our imagination and our emotions. And so when we're reading through the scripture to meditate on the scripture and to meditate on the word of God, I want to encourage us all not to just have a head knowledge of it, but to actually become creative and curious and think about, so what did it look like? What did it smell like? What did it feel like? Who were these people? We're not talking about just some some characters who didn't really exist. They really existed. Jesus really exists. And as we connect our head and our heart from a neuroscience standpoint, neuropathways are created by repeated thoughts and they're solidified as we imagine, as we're creative, as we have emotions. And so every time we think about it, every time we get curious, every time we want to know more and want him to reveal himself to our head, our intellect, our top part of our brain and our middle part of our brain, then we widen the neuropathway. We widen our connection with him. And then if it's not the things that we are, are connecting with, because if we think of, if we think the phrase, for example, something bad's going to happen, then I automatically, my body is designed to produce the chemicals with stress and with worry. And so we don't want to empty our mind and just not think about the bad things, but we want to be creative. We want to be curious. We want to wonder. We want to activate the middle part of our brain coupled with the head knowledge of what the scriptures say so that we're aggressively taking the word of God and we're building new neuropathways that we're solidifying it with a head knowledge and a heart knowledge while then we're starving the lies, we're starving the stress, we're starving the thoughts about things that aren't from him. So he didn't say, think about things uh, that, that may or may not happen tomorrow. Or he didn't say, think about your performance. Or he tells us what to think about, and it's so beautiful. So we could actually create new neural pathways where we'll have God thoughts that we'll be so connected with him that we could go throughout our day and we're praying as if, 
We're not ceasing. And we all of the sudden, as we discipline ourselves with this, and we have the mind of Christ, we have the emotions of Christ, and then we know the will of Christ. And then we begin to then bring his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. And so this is a beautiful thing. Jesus could have taken care of everything that he wanted to on planet earth, but he didn't. He passed the baton to the disciples and from generation to generation, the baton has now been passed down to us. If we're following Christ, we have the Holy Spirit inside of us. We represent 7% of the population that's ever lived on planet earth. And what happens when we have a head knowledge and a heart knowledge of Jesus, we're curious, we experience him, we meditate on him, and then we go and we advance the gospel. And greater is he in us to overcome addiction than anything that's in the world. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. I'm just excited. You want me to say it all again? No, that's okay. Okay. I think we got it that time, but that was really, really good. Okay. And Yeah. So Allie, what has it been like for you walking out this step of like Simon says of doing what he says of meditating on the scripture and getting a context for it? Like when we meditate on it, we get it in its context. And if we just have the head knowledge and we know what it says without the context, then that's whenever you just get into religion or wonky Mm -hmm. theology that will actually push you further away from him. So to meditate on what is true and let Holy Holy Spirit reveal things to us that's when you get truth. And that's when it becomes applicable applicable to your life. So Allie, what has this process walking this out been like for you? Well, there are times that it has changed or evolved just as far as day-to-day life. But I remember when I first started uh, studying the scripture and applying these things to my life, I was so excited as I was digging through the word and I would be like all the way deep into the New Testament and the guide would direct me back to the Old Testament and I would start seeing how it all lined up. And it, and I mean, it just like welled up inside of me to, it just really, the Lord solidified like, this is truth and, and it's all right here and you just need to get it in you. And then as that was happening, so to this day, I have scripture all over my house and there was a time early on when um, Psalm 27.1 was above my fireplace. And I lived in an area of Oklahoma City where I was, well, I was the minority in every aspect that there could be. And I mean, there was just stuff shaken down outside of my front door day in and day out. And I remember I would stand in my living room and I would start praying that. Like I just, the Lord is... Like, whom shall I fear? The Lord is my stronghold. And I would have peace that would would come and, and things would start to calm down. And I started realizing that as I am dwelling on scripture, what was happening was I was seeing it everywhere I was. And the Lord was bringing it to like, this is real. This is real. And if you meditate on me, you're going to get to see this all day, every day in your life. Yeah. And even now, I mean, I walk through and on hard days, like I have just this big black sign that says belief. And I always, Lord, I believe in you. I believe you. I believe everything that you say. And right under that is some more scripture. And it's how the Lord has disciplined me to always bring my mind and my circumstances back to him. Everything that I have to do has to be reconciled to truth. Mm -hmm. 
And so that's that's how I live that out. And it's exciting. Yeah. And as and I find that there, as a deer pants for water, my soul thirsts for you. Mm-hmm. And it is dwelling on his word that I am able to find peace in times that maybe anxiety is coming up or there are hard things around me that I don't quite understand, but God's word is true. And that's where I'm going to focus on because whatever is outside of that, the Lord already has, it belongs to him. It's not mine to deal with. When I start trying to take it on, I'm not living in the truth that I know. Right. And whenever you meditate on him, like the more you meditate on him, the more that you see him. Mm hmm. Like that's what, that's the thing that's going to open our eyes. Like he gave us the word so that we could know him. That is our way to knowing him. And as you know someone deeper, cause it's a relationship. And as you know who, then you know what you're looking for. It's just like whenever, like I remember first coming to know Christ and not knowing, um, I mean, just with mental health things of like, is that a real voice? Like whose voice is that? And this is just really real like not knowing his voice all the way. And I was like, what do we do? Like, how do we do with that? And I had a team and they were just like, well, then you get to know truth. Like the only way to know his voice is to know what he's already said. Mm-hmm. And I was like, huh, well then I guess if I'm already going to be awake in a manic state, I better just go ahead and read my Bible. And so I was like, well, then I need to know who And I need to know who now so that I can differentiate if that's a voice of truth or if that's some other voice that I need to just toss out and not pay attention to. But it came by getting to know him through scripture. And that was the first thing and best thing I ever could have done is I made like little flashcards and it was like, you have all power and all authority and you can trample on snakes and scorpions, but Luke 10, 19. And like, I would write down the scripture And then do memorization about like, oh, this means I have all power and all authority. Mm -hmm. Until at some point you're walking through Walmart or whatever and you see someone who's sick and the most natural thing, I'm thinking like, well, it says do this and he says do that. And the voice in my head, which is him, because now I know his voice because I read the scripture, says we pray for them. And then you do it. And then that's whenever you get to see like the cool things that he's doing in you and which just solidifies identity. And it's really fun. Like it's fun to discover who you're actually called to be. And we're not meant to be in addiction. We're not meant to be addicted and we're not meant to use substances. We're meant to be in communion with him and have every desire fulfilled in us through what he's already done and to walk in it. That's way more natural. He created us. For that very thing. Dr. Lori, what you thinking? I'm thinking that if we're a Christian and we're bored, that it's our own fault. Mm -hmm. Because he has called us into a life full of excitement. And as we read what he did, and as we read what the disciples did, and as we read the stories about those who have gone before us that turned the world upside down, there's no reason that we aren't meant to do the exact same thing. And so it first starts with meditation. If we can picture what we're supposed to be and become in the word. And then we can start to implement things into place. And just like you said, that you read about people that you pray for. And then we actually go and we start to pray for the people. We're meant to be in a storyline about something that's great. We spend 30% of our waking hours daydreaming about something or someone. 
And so what would happen if we spent that 30% of our waking hours daydreaming and meditating and being curious about him? And he feeds us and he fulfills us. And actually, once we get this thing started, it's not the counterfeit. I think about uh, when I'm eating peeps and when I'm eating white bakery cake and I eat a strawberry, the strawberry tastes sour. But once I actually withdraw from sugar and I spend the three days and get off of sugar and now a strawberry tastes delicious and a strawberry is so much more beneficial to my physical body than processed white sugar. So as we start to meditate on him, as we spend our time daydreaming, the more we partake of him, the more we eat his word, then the hungrier we get, but it can't stop there. Then we actually have to go and do what he did and what he's inviting us into. And it's a beautiful process that then not only changes us, but it changes our external environment. And, and then at that point, again, if we're a Christian, if we're truly following him, if we've gotten a hold of this stuff, if we're bored, then it's our fault. He's far greater than any substance or any counterfeit that we could have tried to fulfill ourselves with or regulate ourselves with or accidentally become addicted to. Yeah. And that's whenever like, He's, whenever it says, Jesus says, do this, like, and I'm thinking in my brain, and I, sometimes when you're in that middle of addiction or whatever, the lie is that it's because he's boring or because he wants to punish you. Mm -hmm. And I'm just, listeners, y'all, that is a lie. Mm -hmm. That is not true. And I've used this analogy before in some podcasts. I'm not sure what number, but it's like whenever you have, um, a new puppy. Ali, you just got a new puppy. Yep. And whenever you have a new puppy, you don't just open the front door and say, go ahead, puppy, go do all of the things that you're going to do. Why? Because it's dangerous. Or you have a kid and you're not just going to say, just go walk around outside, but actually there's freedom in the parameters. But when you have a puppy who gets put in a fence and is in an enclosed area, then that puppy can go and be a puppy. It can actually live into the fullness of its puppy form and it can play and it can jump without the, without the danger or the harm. And so when Jesus says, abide in me or stay away from these things or think on these things or here's what should come out of you, it's not, it's not for punishment. It's to say, man, I want you to thrive in exactly who you're created to be and these parameters help you do that because this is who you are. And I want to make sure that you have every freedom available to operate in the fullness of your identity right here and right now. Follow this, abide in me, get planted. Like you said in the very beginning and where you plant whatever tree will determine how it grows. Get planted in a community and see what happens whenever you have people as spiritual leaders that will water and guide and walk through you with it and then see who, who you blossom into. Like it's, fun. This has been the most fun part of anything I've ever done in my entire life. And I'm sure you would say the same thing, Allie. Absolutely. As you were, I was relating um, just in the years that I spent just railing against every boundary and every rule that was set out before me. And man, the parameters that the Lord sets there, it, it's so much fun and it's so worth it. And there's freedom. It is for freedom that Christ has set you free. Do not return again to a yoke of slavery. 
man, we've been set free. And in that becomes life and life abundantly. If we're living for the thief, the enemy who comes to steal, kill, and destroy, then we're not living in the life that Jesus came. And Jesus said, I have come that you may have life and have it abundantly. And as Lori was saying, it's not for boredom and it's not to feel like we're in chains to these rules. It's to operate within the scope of what we were designed for. And I can't think of many times, man, in the last seven years that I have been bored. Right. And the few times that come to mind were miserable. Mm-hmm. They just were because that's not what I was supposed to be doing. Right. It's not. And the other thing that uh, I was relating to was the thought about the puppy and the child. And recently there was a conversation that I had with my daughter and I appreciate just the wisdom of the Lord and how my relationship with him has taught me a lot and how I am to relate to and guide my daughter. And she wants to be a part of some things that I get to do. And I cannot wait for the day that she gets to do that. But right now, she doesn't have the maturity to be able to do that. And so as we test those things, as she begins to respect the new boundaries, as she grows, there are new boundaries that are set out before her and things that she has to listen to and be able to do. And that builds trust. Then I can trust her to come alongside and do more things. But in the meantime, I have to keep her safe and she's got to thrive where she's at. Yeah. While I am pushing her to grow. Yeah. If that makes sense. That does. Yeah. That's so good. And then, and then what we say is, uh, like for, if you are thinking about going back into a certain thought pattern or whatever, or it looks boring, but then we ask the question of, well, how's that working out Mm -hmm. for you? Like if you are following the ways of the world and the culture and you're, sitting there in death with an enemy who's here to still kill and destroy and you're miserable, like what else have you got to lose? Like you're in this cycle already. And my question would just be, how's that working? And then the answer is normally I'm depressed and anxious and I hate everything and my relationships suck and I want to like not be here anymore. And it's like, man, in Jesus, those parameters keep us from those things. It's beautiful. Then you're like, Jesus, thank you. It's a shift in the thought. It's thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you put those things up so that I could thrive. And then you would give your son so I can plead the blood and have new life and be a new creation with a new heart and a new right spirit within to commune with you. Mm. Does it get any better, Dr. Lori? It's pretty good. I'm very excited. Mm -hmm. I can see See, you've got the excitement. (laughs) And I want to encourage us all, we can't use our culture as the standard. It's got to be a kingdom culture that we're creating. And so it doesn't matter what people are doing around us. We can always find somebody that looks better or somebody that looks worse. And I think about even with our body type and with exercise and what we eat and what we need to fuel our body, that we better partner with the Holy Spirit to make sure what we put into our imagination, the things that we're meditating on, the things that we're watching, the things that we're listening to literally go in and create neural pathways in our brain and produce chemicals in our body. And we don't want a substitution. We want the real thing. And so I would encourage everybody as part of the routine and the CPR of this with Simon says to then truly evaluate and ask the Holy Spirit. So is this something that will actually draw me to you with creativity and curiosity? And I can't go by my cultural standard or who's around me, that standard. 
I have to actually utilize the kingdom. Yeah. Very good. Allie, any parting thoughts? It was just a really good discussion. (laughs) Yeah, that was fun. Yeah. With prayer and meditation and seeking the will of God, ultimately it takes us into carrying that baton. And that's why we're left here. That's Mm -hmm. why we're still here. So here's what I'm hearing. I'm hearing that we have to know him, that we have to know him in order to follow him, that we have to know him in order to even do, Simon says, to even do what he says, we have to first know what he's saying. And to know what he's saying, we have to know what he said. So get in the word and know what he said so you can figure out what he's saying to you and then do it because there's freedom in it. There's identity in it like you've never even known And it's fun to discover the best, most exciting thing that you can do is to implement this and then discover who you are in Christ because you will be mind blown with who he created you to be, to advance the kingdom and to advance the gospel and to watch other people then walk out of hard situations. So thank you guys for listening. This has been Relief from Darkness, Biblical Recovery from Substance Abuse and Addiction, and we will... See you guys next time. See you next time. Thank you guys so much for listening to our Relief from Darkness podcast. If you would like more information or are looking for more resources to help overcome the topics we've discussed here, please visit the No Boundaries International website at www.nbint.org, where we have a free e-course titled Journey of Restoration. And be sure to please leave us any comments or reviews as this will help get our content out to more listeners. We're praying for you guys and we will see you next time.